to That Creative Life. Hi, my name is Sarah Dietschy and I am your host. I talk with artists, YouTubers, CEOs, and everyone in between. I hope this podcast helps you live your best creative life. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of That Creative Life. We have a very special guest, Glozell. You are a OG YouTube influencer as a YouTuber. It's almost... This is almost like one of the biggest honors that I've had on on my podcast to talk to you because, you know, you, Grace Helbig, there are so many people yes. that I, I looked up to growing up watching, watching the videos and just seeing that, oh, this YouTube thing can be a job. Um, so it's it's an honor to sit here and and talk to you. I think people probably know you just from your explosive videos that just I mean, the cinnamon challenge alone got what, 54 million views? Yes, it's over think, 60 now. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, which is mm -hmm. just insane. And so um, you have a really amazing story, which we'll dive into today. But just welcome. And I'm excited to chat. Well, hello, this is Glowsdale. Is you okay? Is you good? Because I want to know. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I'm so excited because you recently um, did an episode. I just learned about Million Stories Media and um, something that we actually talk a lot about on That Creative Life is how to make money as, you know, doing a creative job. So I think this is going to be a very good conversation um, because as people know, you had a very explosive career and I'm yes. sure there were ups and there were downs. And in this episode of Faceplant, you talk about those ups and then you found yourself beholden to the YouTube algorithm. That's hashtag relatable for me. I know, I know what that is like. And you found yourself in a position that uh, you just didn't expect. And so I would love to dive into that. But for the people who, for like the two people who don't know who you are, can you give us a little bio? Hello. Okay. Well, I'm Glozell. I'm known for doing a lot of crazy challenges and wearing green lipstick on the internet. I coined the phrase um, queen of YouTube, but now uh, social media is everywhere. I was one of the original ones. Like you said, an OG from way back. I've been on the internet on YouTube for over 10 years and it's been a journey, a mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about those few first years, because when I was going back in the archive and learning more about you, uh, you said in the beginning you were interested in stand up and I'm sure you're interested in maybe the more traditional entertainment. But then you found this thing called the Internet. So how long yes. were you putting videos out on YouTube before kind of you saw those big numbers rolling in? Well, I love um, the Internet, but there was no such thing as the Internet when I was growing up. So I didn't desire to be a YouTuber like people get to do now. So I was just starting to interview people and I had a blog and, and someone said, well, put pictures up of the people you're interviewing. And I started putting pictures up and then video. And I have about 300 videos up on, on a blog before it just started going slow. So the, so it was really slow. And my friend would say, well, there's this YouTube thing. Just upload your videos there and copy and paste to your blog. And I'm like, I have 10 people watching my blog. I've got to get this up. This is very important. So I do that and my audience is growing on YouTube. I, I don't even realize. Like, and my friend, uh, her name is Leslie. She's like, you know, you have a video, like this push-up raw video. Like it's getting over, it's close to a million. I was like, I don't know if that, that's not real people. Like, what is that? I, I know I have 10 here because I talked to these 10 here. And then 2 million, 3 million, 4 million. And I was like, wait. And I started looking at this YouTube. I'm like, answering back. I'm like, they're answering back. These are real people. So then I was like, oh, I need to pay attention to this YouTube thing. And it was great 
because I was in the comedy club and I was telling comments, I'm like, you know, you don't have to be here late at night. There's YouTube and people can go to you and see you whenever you could do your stand up and not even have pants on, you know? I'm like, I enjoy that. Not having to drive late at night to comedy clubs. And that's when I really started to fall in love with it. And I really stuck with it. And awesome. it was great. Yeah. I mean, so back in the day, you, you mentioned a video about a push-up bra and yes. you, you know, I'm sure comedy is at the heart of almost everything that you do. What was that? Like, how did you adjust to YouTube? Cause it's definitely not the same as doing stand-up. you know, it's the shorter right. two, three, four minute quirky videos. What was that shift? Like, was it natural for you? Were you like, Oh, this is, it, this is fun. This wasn't natural for me because I was like, well, I wasn't thinking anybody was looking at it. It was like just writing in a notebook. I'm just putting my videos there. And one day I'll have a traditional show because I'm thinking I'm going to be a, 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 on a sitcom, right? Yeah. You know, that's what you aspire to be as an actress, as a comic. I, I want to do fun shows on television. Not thinking that YouTube was going to be the medium that was going to make me into something. But as people started recognizing me on the streets, I was like, you know what? I really need to pay attention to this right here because this is where I'm showing love. And then when money started coming in, I was like, oh, yes, I didn't make no money doing stand-up, you know, late at night getting, getting bumped off the stage and have to walk to my car late at night and say, excuse me, sir, can you get off my car? You know, and then people, you know, no, she had to drive like five or six comedians home because nobody have a car, you know, you the one with the car. I mean, crazy. what what were those nights like doing stand-up? Like, what were the it was crowds? Crazy. Was it like a crowd of 10 people or was it a little rowdy? So, and then, like, what was that like? The crowds at the comedy club depends on what night. And, you know, you have some people that show up all the time so they can say your jokes with you and you're like, oh, that's real cute, you know? <laughs> and then when you're having a good night and you're getting bumped, I've been bumped by Robin Williams. Like you have to bring like five people in, they have to pay for their drinks and then you don't get your stage time. But then what they is, get a so great show. So what does show. bumped mean? That just means bumped that, oh, mean, you're like, not performing oh, anymore? Right, the next day, let's say there's a Oscar show and Robin Williams comes in and he's, you know, testing out some jokes because he's going to be on tomorrow or the next wow. day. And I've been bumped by Jamie Foxx. And I mean, the greatest. But then it's like, I only have the five minutes, you know, and then you might hear something that you said done better by them. And like, I can't even do that joke because who's going to believe that they took something from me, you know, so... <laughs> Wow. So I, I'm sure YouTube was kind of a breath of fresh air. Like oh. It was definitely a breath of fresh air. And a lot of people only have one set. So it was hard for me to say, hey, comics, come over here. Like, no, because then people will hear your set. Because we were always scared of someone stealing your stuff because they did anyway. Right. So talk so about YouTube that, yeah, that transition from the, I feel like there's a lot of that from traditional, whether it's video, TV, anything to the internet we're used to just sharing anything and everything. It doesn't matter right. if an idea is polished or a video is polished. Right. We're just going to share it so that I can imagine and that, hope that, that it goes is different. viral. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But then those kids in those days, back in those days, you didn't, you, people were, you didn't want anybody to take your stuff. And once it was on the internet, that's it. Everybody's seen it. it so that's your set. So who's coming to see you live when you're on the internet? But I preferred the internet and the goal was to just keep coming up with new stuff. Something was always happening. You only had to do three minutes. You know, like if you had an hour set, you you set for a while. 
but me or something was always happening, you know? So I'm like, let me tell you what happened today. And, that, and then you start developing characters and it's great. And some things take off. I'm curious what you think about this new, maybe not new, but the latest wave of comics who are really taking YouTube and they're really hijacking, honestly, the podcast space. And they're living in both of these worlds now where they're selling out shows, but it's because, hey, I listen to your podcast. You know, you have this, I mean, of course, a lot of them are going through drama right now with the whole Chris D'Elia group and all that stuff. But uh, you have people man. like, yeah, Theo Vaughn and Joe Rogan. And it's this ring of comics turned podcaster. And it's this kind of weird give and take relationship where it's almost just they merge into each other. It's almost like there's no separation now. I do have to say that it has is great because I was on a medium where people were like, um, YouTube is weird. That's the internet is wrong. Like, how dare you? You're not even a real actor. And now you come to the company, you come back to the comedy clubs and you're filling out because they know you from the internet. So it's the same thing. You know, you want to be like, ah, this is why I am. And it's great. But then things start to change and it's great for them too. So this merge that's happening, you either go with the flow or you, you know, you'll become extinct. And I, there's a lot of people that I used to watch that are not there anymore. And there's new people who come up and they're big and you don't see them again. Like BitCon, oh my goodness, I love BitCon. BitCon is a convention where you, the internet stars come and I'm like, you'll hear ah! and people screaming and I'm going, watch, you're not gonna even know this person next year. You're not going to even know this person next year. But you know, you've got the Joys and the Colleen's and the Grace. We're still here. We're still here because it's not just editing and just pranks. It's like there's a talent there that's there. And those people are going to stay. And I'm no sure matter what, what medium. Yeah, I'm sure there's a part of you too watching all of the people rise and fall very quickly. And you're like, I've been there. I, I knew it was going to happen. Like, yes. Because, you know, you've you've had your own journey. And in the video, you said that, hey, when you got that first check for $25, that was a moment for you, right? $25. What is this? How yes. how quickly how quickly was that rise from the $25 to interviewing Barack Obama being in the <laughs> Trolls movie? So $25, I didn't even I didn't even spend it at first, because I didn't know if it was real. And I was like, oh, if I spend it, then the government's gonna come get me, because I don't know where this money, what is this money? Is this Google, real? Google AdSense, it, what is this? Yes, and then I'm like, and I needed that $25. And I was like, I'm gonna spend it. And I'm like, I guess we'll see. And then the $25, you know, a week was like, you know, a day. And I was like, I'm good, this is good, you know? because and then it started growing. I go, let me fan this. And it's been wonderful. And then you have that first hit, that second hit. Or someone like Miley Cyrus, uh, Oprah Winfrey, um, uh, Rihanna retweeting videos. And you're just like, oh, I'm famous now. This is great. And you, my, my goal was still thinking like, I'm going to be on television because that's how I grew up. I'm thinking that that is it. Because... To this day, it wasn't until I went to the White House that my mom was like, what are you doing? You have a degree. You know, her friends are not watching because they don't know how to get on the internet and find a channel. Even now, if, you know, it's gotta be remote control on the television. So it wasn't until then like, oh my baby, it's somebody before that. I was just a fool. Like she's in that, we've lost her. She's 
gone to this internet thing. I don't know what YouTube is. We, we how many years? How many years was that from the first check to being in the White House? Oh, from the first check. Okay, because I've been on it for 10 years for the first check. I would say it had been about oh, more than a year, about two years. Okay. Maybe so even three. That's still a pretty fast rise. Right, right. Because I, I was making a living by then. And then all of a sudden, here's the White House. And of course, I didn't believe. It. I'm like, click. You know who? Who? The, pre the president just called you up? You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't get... Like what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a video for this to be proven. Excuse me, I, I do not believe like, this. No, click. And then there's emails like this is official, like <laughs> to spam. You know, it's just like, <laughs> like look, the the White House is trying to get in touch with you. Blows up for what? For me to do joke? Like what? Like what? You you know, you want to eat some cinnamon, President Barack Obama? Like what? If, what? What do you say? So by the time I believed it, I didn't like really, 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 really believe it until he was sitting in front of me. I'm like, there's going to be something that's going to happen and we, I won't be able to make it. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. You know, so I was just, and then, so when I'm in the White House, one thing that's scary about the White House, they never ask for license. They never ask for uh, any kind of ID, nothing. That means they knew everything about me. You know, so they know I'm cool. They knew everything about me. So we're, we're, I'm going into the White House and he's not there. They're like, oh, he's going to land on the lawn. I'm like, he's going to land on the lawn. And here comes these helicopters. Right. You know, not I'm freaking out. Like, here's a brother in a helicopter. That's what that's what I relate to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't just the president. It's like, that's my cousin up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's doing the darn thing. You know, so he's coming out. I'm like freaking out and then the White House, they're like, oh, you know, talking into their wrist. I'm like, I don't care. Like how many times I'm gonna see this? You know? Not like like a regular brother in the helicopter, nonetheless the president. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know, you know one's never been that loud. I'm like, this is not the library. And I'm like, what you gonna do? Kick me out now. You gonna kick me out now? You can't kick me out now. So <laughs> so that was amazing. so funny. I mean it, it was probably something out of the movies. You yes, know, I, I can't was. imagine what you're feeling. It, it and was it was, you know, you have all of these moments that are just so epic. And then and you think they're going to last forever. Right. And, and, you know, I feel like for me, we'll definitely bring it back to you very quickly. But for me, I saw a lot of those stories happen of the meteoric, like just success. Ooh. And then the next year, you wonder, hey, what happened to this person? Where'd they go? And for for me, it was super helpful to see that journey of people. And then, you know, like what you're doing now, sharing your story and, and how you've navigated that. Because it's not that I'm paranoid, but I'm just that much more cautious with, okay, when the money is coming in, how do I save it? How do I yes. make this last beyond just this year that I'm popping? Because it's... It's something that you're not going to have forever. Right. But you, I'm telling you, you, there's a time, especially when I see the young people like, oh, I've got a hit video. And then they might show up here in this magazine or here. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Cause it goes to your head. And now they're riding around the scooters and they're getting these new cars and oh, I'm buying this house. I'm like, all of, all it takes is for YouTube or whatever your medium is to go, you know what, let's switch this. Or the president go, you know what? I don't even like TikTok anymore. I'm just going to take it down. You're just like, I'm yeah. like, oh, all these people. You know, mm -hmm. anything can happen. You know, mm -hmm. and your gravy train just goes swoop. 
Yeah. So let's talk about that moment. So you're at the top of the top. Oh, and I'm, I'm the top of the top. I'm the most recognizable face everywhere. Yeah. Still, I'm like, how do you recognize me with a mask on in a grocery store? You know, how? Let's close that. Like, how? Close you know, close it. once I start talking, you're just like, no, no, no. <laughs> so it's very interesting. And Tupac said it best. He said, F the fame, give me the money. And I'm like, you know what, Tupac, you are still, you're still telling the truth because People recognizing you and knowing you as you like going to the laundromat, like, can I take a picture with you? Can I wash my drawers first? Can I get the, can I get my underwear in the washing machine? Can I, you know, put the quarters in first? Oh, can we not take a picture with the homeless person in the back of, of us right here so we can look like we, can we, you know, like that's where I am. Like, you know, I'm broken. My car is broken down on the side of the street and people are like, I'm like, oh, someone came to help. Oh, they're taking pictures. Oh, this close yeah and i'm sure so you were you know you're racking tens of millions of views on youtube so mm -hmm. i'm sure that google yes. adsense is i've just gone over coming. a billion views all my vi videos together has been over a billion views and have been on other people's channels you know and in in different countries and and on television and all these things and they're still going and all of a sudden um i'm i'm the breadwinner which was no problem but then it's like, oh, something's not working, you know, we're divorcing and then there's no money coming in. So now I, I gotta find a place, look for a place. I'm a single mom, don't have any money coming in and you're paying for a divorce. They, they all hit at once. So it went completely dry. And that's when, and I'm not gonna cry, hallelujah. But that's when you know who your friends are because a lot of people who you think are, but are good until there's a problem and even because they're like well she's gonna ask me for money well yeah i need it so i'm gonna ask but um but there's been a lot of people who really stood up for me and now things are swinging back in the right direction and one of those the singleton foundation found i don't know how they i gotta ask them how did they find me because all of a sudden like here i am it was a perfect match because i'm talking about exactly what's going on i'm like they're like, do you know anybody who has a story of, you know, maybe, you know, rise and fall? I'm like, I'm living it right now. Will you be willing to share your story? I'm like, sure. I have nothing to lose. I have nothing. And I'm like, it, so I look at those young people and I'm like, if I might tell my story, it could help you even save your life because there's times where you're like, why am I here? Like, I used to be somebody, you know, <laughs> I'm talking to presidents, it's sitting presidents in the White House. I interviewed Hillary Clinton, former uh, Secretary Hillary Clinton, next, after never interviewing anybody ever. So you think, and you're Vanity Fair, I mean, People Magazine, I'm all these things, and I'm like, how, am I, how are we going to eat? I got a child. How, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to keep the lights on? How am I going to keep her from now, you know, somebody else wants full custody? And I, I, yeah, this is this is a nuts. So this is where I was, and I had some people who really step up, and a lot of faith, and a lot of like, okay, you got to keep going. And the people who you think gonna be there for you, even though they they love you, like my mom, she's like, well, you need to stay where you are. You know, you need to stay with where. And I'm like, this situation is not working. But she's old school. The reason why I bring up her is because some people, money and their spirituality comes together. You know, like, she's like, you need to stay there because that's because you got married to him. And I'm like, this is not working. And some people stay in situations because they feel like they're bound to. 
and wherever that relationship is. And they feel like they might get in trouble or whatever. But um, that's where I was. And I took the leap anyway by myself. And then other people surfaced. And just like no one thought I was doing anything until I went to the White House, certain, certain circles. Now they're like, oh, that's good that you moved. Oh, that's great. You know, because I'm on the other side. There was a time where I don't know where I'm going. I don't have, I had no credit. I went from no credit to bad credit because all of a sudden I'm using everything so much. So here comes the Singleton Foundation. They're like, well, what's your credit score? I'm like, I don't know. Like, well, what, what, you know, how much do you make? I don't know. It fluctuates. Who, how many people looked at my videos and said, I don't know. Yeah. So how do you pay your bills? I don't know. Cause I've had assistants and nannies. I don't, I don't know. So during that time, was your management handing, handling all of that? So you, you didn't have necessarily like a hands-on with it. Right. I didn't have a hands-on. I was making, making the money and I thought that was good enough. And then, um, then the bills would get paid. And now, especially then COVID hit, like there's nobody coming over out. How, who am I with? What's the Southern Bell? What is it? Verizon? Is it Spectrum? Like, I don't know. I didn't know anything. Here comes bills. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to, how to pay this. Where's the gas tank? I didn't do that. Uh, the grocery store. I don't have no idea what how much grapes cost. <laughs> well, that's I, oh I my gosh. Little... I I grew up in a home where my mom was just a rock star. She was a stay at home mom, and I the moment I graduated high school, and I stayed at home during college to save money. But the moment I moved out three years in, I was like, I don't even know how to make a cup of tea. I how do you? What is that? Like, wait, how do you do the internet? And still, right now, I'm turning 26 tomorrow. And I'm like, how do I get health insurance? You go, Leo. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> thanks. Um, I'm like, oh, I got to figure out health insurance. How do you do that? And I think there's so many little things like that that are so intimidating. And for a moment, and it sounds like you're doing amazing work this, right. with this foundation well, about uh, financial literacy and, hey, how do you take those steps? So let's like bring it back to the basics and, okay, credit score. I only knew about that because I was in a community college class and the girl next to me was like three years older and I was talking about buying something and she goes, why are you buying it with a debit card? Do you have credit? And I was like, no what is what is that you know like I was always taught that credit cards are evil you know we right. went on the opposite spectrum of like Dave right. Ramsey type stuff to where I was like I'm paying everything in cash and which is great for some people but then you learn about this thing in the U.S. of A your entire right. worth ever all of your decisions are based on do you have a decent credit score exactly right what <laughs> so, so I thought I had good credit because I, I didn't owe anybody credit wise because I was paying yeah. for cash and Amen. it's not that if they don't know how to track it, you know, and it's that, that balance of, okay, you have to have a healthy amount of debt. When I started looking around, cause I thought I was doing it right. I had a college scholarship. I was staying at home. Um, you know, cause that's what, okay, you don't want debt. But then mm -hmm. my friends who had college debt, they had like a great credit score, like in the <laughs> eyes of the world, like they were crushing it. And so there's so many things that you have to just research oh my god know so, what, what's coming in what's going out and yeah. you know like how much do you spend on your wigs and weaves i don't i don't know i, I go and get it exactly it, and it's and it, it's so uncomfortable to talk about because we're, we're taught that it's something you don't talk about it no you don't talk about money yeah, but no. you you better talk about it now you know especially they're talking about we may or may not have social security, you know? So like anything can happen. You better know 
your money, where's it coming from, how you spending it, what you spending on, what you don't need to spend it on, what you should spend it on, credit, all that. And I am still learning that as a grown person. My birthday was last week, 48. Okay. okay. Don't crack. I'm going to, I want you, you to look at it. It is starting fabulous. to give. So I will get some Botox sometime soon. Okay. I'm just letting you know that. Like, right, right, I do right, not right believe here. that. Oh, I do not bad. believe that age. You know, girl, you're is. looking what a three year old. Somebody flawless. should stop me anyway. <laughs> well, okay, let's. I mean, you're a parent, you and mm -hmm. I watched a few of the videos with your sweet child. Oh, she is just a joy. I mean, Thank she you. is so precious, you can just tell that she just oozes with joy <laughs> and laughter, and it's just so amazing. She is. She really uh, is. But now, as a parent, as you're figuring out these things for yourself, I'm sure you're thinking in the back of your mind, how am I going to teach this to my kid? How am I going to have right. these conversations uh, to teach her to not be afraid to talk about the, these things? And I know it's still for me, I, I just put stuff on like automatic payment because a lot of the times I don't even want to look at it. So a lot of it is emotional to where you got to train yourself to just face it right you gotta right. face that credit card bill you gotta face that camera that you just bought like that's my weakness um and it's almost something that you have to start training I feel like when when you're young you know how, how are you gonna teach your kids how how is that gonna be different now that you know all these things what is really hard now because there's two households and it's a lot of spoiling going on you know, like you getting toys every week, every week. And I can't like, you know, like you, this is not normal. You don't just, and nothing's open. So you really are just going to Target and Walmart all the time. Like, lit like literally every Wednesday, every Saturday, here's a new toy. Here's a new toy. Here's a new toy. And it's discarded because she plays with it for two seconds because she's getting more stuff. Like, what do you do when you have two households and you know, you want her to be happy. And, and you're trying to yeah, one up I, the other parent. Yeah, right. And like, here goes the birthday. Like, oh, you got a pony. You know, like, I've got, you know, I got a, this dollhouse. I got that dollhouse. Here's the, the, you've got a bike. I got a scooter. You know, it's crazy. So especially when I had nothing and I, I couldn't offer her much of anything. And now I'm on the upswing and I'm like, I can't so you wanna, all this. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a part of you that's, I want to give her the world. Right. And I get I, the world because people are like, why don't you post and advertise and you get this? And I'm, yay. Right. So right. that's nice too. But uh, yeah. So how that's a whole nother story. How do you start and when do you start teaching kids that it's, you don't just get stuff? You know, so right now she's doing well with the Tooth Fairy, the, the Santa Claus, everybody, everybody just giving us <laughs> stuff, you know? <laughs> I'm like, that's not real. And then you start thinking about, college and you're just uh, like girl oh you better my be gosh. smart <laughs> yeah. you better, girl you better be smart you that's my me? philosophy i'm like you either you get a scholarship smart. or you're gonna be going to the university you, of Sarah, you and to, i'll teach you everything yeah. you need to know <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna train my kids to be little editors so right. they can just so, help me with my videos exactly right exactly right because right that's now what they, used like, to. they had more kids to work on the farm that used to be the thing exactly. so you can have more kids to help your Preach. youtube channel Ex exploit that is the word <laughs> not a problem at all but uh yes so with the singleton foundation million stories um adulting that all the shows that are on there facepalm um because that's me i went you know and now i'm like oh I, i'm actually moved up to 
being broke. So I'm really happy to be broke right now because I used to be negative broke, mm. you know? Negative <laughs> so, broke. Yeah, no, nah, I like, yes, I was at the bottom, now I'm broke, you know? Well, yeah, well, I, I mean, I love that you're doing this publicly, though, because that means people can learn alongside yes, you, right? Yes. And so the, and just so listeners can, you know, take this and kind of run with some info, let's just go through some of those basics and, and maybe hit your personal story too. So the first was credit in my mind, and you can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, if it's over 700, that's a good credit score. Right. How do you, how do you build up your credit? Well, something that I didn't even know, a big factor of your credit score is how long your credit is active. So even once I got maybe three or four years into having like two or three credit cards, being good about paying off every month, putting all my camera gear, expensing things on my credit cards, everything's good. Well, I was like, Let's, you know, start a new chapter. I don't need four credit cards. So I canceled my first Discover card. That was the first credit card that I ever had because I just didn't use it anymore. I like the point system on other cards. Oh, I didn't know that I just wiped out all of that credit history. (laughs) (laughs) So there's so many things to just like make sure that you look up and you know, because even, you know, that was maybe two years ago and I thought I was smart. I thought I was good. But then my credit score got hit because I canceled a credit card. Again, now, did going- your parents ever talk to you about this? Like my parents never talked to me about, my mom was like, don't, don't put it. If you don't have it, don't buy it. You know? So I don't know what you're. Yeah. I mean, luckily I grew up with parents that were very open about finances. So I, I, I didn't get as much as of the detail. I think a lot of that is like you personally have to do the research. But luckily, I grew up in a household that always talked about it. You know, that was always like, hey, Sarah, you want to know the reason why we're not going to Disney World like all the other kids? It's because your dad, me, funds a family of four. I'm doing all the work. Your mom's staying at home. See this life that we've built for you. It's great. But that means that we can't go to Disney World every year. And this is why. So they they were good with that type of stuff, which Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for. But I think, you know, the nit and gritty is you got to do research on your own. So, I mean, you know, so credit score, it's like the length that it's open. It's you actively having a balance, but then paying it off. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like you said, car, home, all of those things that you want to buy, goes back to your credit. So that's why I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not like full Dave Ramsey, like what you mentioned of, you know, like if you don't have the money, don't buy it. Because if you do have the money, might as well put it on a credit card and help your credit (laughs) score from the moment that you actually have like a house over your head. Like when I was 18 years old and I was staying at home, going to college, I didn't have to worry about anything. So I think that's a good time to, okay, even, you know, you're spending a hundred bucks a month on food, just put it on a credit card, make sure you pay it off and you can start learning uh, these lessons about credit, you know, and then fast forward to adulthood. Maybe you can talk about, did you set up a budget? What was after right. the credit score? What came after that? After you started maybe, you know, cause also you have to like call people and call collectors to be like, Hey, I have a random $50 thing ping sure. in my, cause That's sometimes right. you don't even know. And you got to go through these services to figure out, what's hitting these accounts but what, before what came you get after? married yeah you need to know because especially if you're someone like me who are making the money or you know a lot of times the guy is making the money it's easy to spend when you're not the one making it and you're not realizing it's easy to spend and then you don't know well what are they spending on because i know what i'm spending on and you don't know and the joint accounts and like what debt they have coming into the relationship that can make or break a relationship you mm-hmm. need to know 
So transparency, I mean, yes, huge. yes, 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 yes. You need to know. So I, I, I know I'm like my boyfriend. I'm like, what's your Christ? Go. Say I'm in an entanglement right now. Cause I got, like, I'm divorcing, but I got, you know, a boyfriend. He's, he's got great credit score and he black, you know, don't doubt yeah. people like, well, he must be white. <laughs> no, he's great. Well, he is kind of light, but he say black. So I thought, I thought I was in a biracial relationship, but that's okay. I'm so cool. So, <laughs> oh my God, you crack me up. So, and what was another it? thing I just yeah. want to say about the Singleton Foundation and the Face Palm and Million Stories. It's not scary. They do make it fun. Like you have people like me telling their story. You know, I might be crying, but you know, it is entertaining and it's not scary. You know, like like I say, they're lifting the taboo off of it. Yeah, and they they have a ton of different series. Yeah, on, on the website that that helps that. So looking forward now, what are what are you excited about? So you see the light at the end of the tunnel, and you I said do. you're no longer negative broke, which is huge. Right. So yeah, what's what's next? What are you excited the about? Next most? Go, I'm I'm excited about watching my credit score go up and having the tools to know how to do that and moving into a home because I'm excited about moving forward with with knowledge and paying attention to finances going forward with a new partner with Ozell, my daughter, Glozell, Ozell, okay. And, and living a great life, you know, and not feeling like, oh gosh, this bill is coming. Oh, they're going to come and, and, and I'm going to walk outside and my car's not there. Like that is a horrible, horrible feeling every day so just be on top of it for yourself and not just rely on other people to do it they can do it but you got to check right which i wasn't doing so when they left i was like i don't know how to do anything anything Mm -hmm. nothing and nothing was coming in so and that series at your end is called face plant and it's really great a lot of great stories and as we wrap things up just the last 10 minutes were you excited about like you as a creator because at the at the heart of all of this, you are a creative, funny woman who is still crushing it. But I'm sure, you know, this YouTube ebb and flow, I am very familiar with the algorithm and it sometimes dictates your content and what you make. And so what what are you feeling in terms of videos or just you as a creative human? What what do you have on the horizon? What are you excited about? First of all, I just want to thank my audience for still being there because there was a time that I didn't you know, even feel like funny, being funny, because I couldn't do any videos in my home, you know, and then it it turned into survival of uh, just panic, and like, for more than a year, my audience was still there, so please continue to find me, continue to watch videos, follow me, Uh, you know, everybody wants the same thing, follow, subscribe, like, I'm on Cameo, so I'm doing shout outs now, like, oh, you can't go nowhere for graduation, hey girl, congratulations, you know, I'm doing a lot of those, and those are fun, and that that's keeping you know me keeping me going also there are i'm doing another uh, like a lifetime movie type of christmas movie that's oh, coming up amazing. and more voiceover stuff because a voiceover is big a lot of studios can't have not up yet so i am branching outside of um different things on the internet right so you what can catch me on that acting like what what gets you going about acting and voice acting because it is different YouTube well, is fun. very yeah it's fun and now I have a daughter who's starting to recognize like is that your voice you know we're like this is trolls that's mommy right there you know and like oh I'm in Wreck-It Ralph Ralph breaks the internet that's me and she, you know my voice because people obviously recognize my voice even in the mask 
you know so so that is fun and i i do want her to because everybody she's everyone she thinks everybody knows who she is too which they do because people come up like, oh, Sam, Sam. and i'm like this is what i do this outside of this and i'm also teaching her because she can start before for me youtube was like you were grown but now you know people are doing makeup at two three four five years old you can start your business now and so i'm grooming her for that because that's the family business yeah exactly and do you have any advice for creators out there we have a lot of people in the audience who are already doing it already living their best life but hey maybe they're dealing with some outside forces like you i mean you had divorce but also yes. the youtube algorithm algorithm yes. can't even say it so and many a things child. And a child and a lot of people, yes. even if they're young, you know, like you said earlier, maybe they found traction with TikTok, they're stoked. Mm -hmm. And now they're dealing with the fact that this app might not even be, you know, that's great. It just might disappear. I, because I know a lot of people from, was it Vine? And that was huge. It was huge. And then that went like, it went away. It went away. So. I, I tell you, you want to kind of dabble, find your medium. Like my thing was YouTube, but now that's in this. I like um, Instagram, Facebook. You kind of put yourself in different places and you, you don't have all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And my thing is I, I stay positive because you can only like, you know, uh, comedy is funny because comedy, you're really picking at people, you know, like when you're like, like, ah. All the Kardashians, but I want the Kardashians when they see my stuff to go, oh, that's funny. I hope she talk about this, as opposed to being negative. So if you stay positive, you last a whole lot longer. You know, my friends, Colleen, Joy, Grace, they they're still here. People still know them because they're not dogging other folks. And I would say keep it light, keep it fun, enjoy yourself, have a good time, stay around people who are encouraging you. You know, if they're not encouraging you don't be around them it's okay to cut them off no matter who they are you got to live and have fun and check on your money make sure you know preach yeah when your money's coming come, coming in mm -hmm. whether it's a brand deal whether it's just adsense whatever it is you need to know go yeah. watch the singleton go to the singleton yeah. foundation why, why go to the million stories Link to below in the description watch all of them and you're like okay <laughs> i'll be aware of it you know these are yeah. the signs there you go and and something that you said, Glozel, that I think you do so well is you were always not just a beacon of positivity, but you were so good at collaboration and bringing up other friends, yes. you know, with you yes. during those times. And some of those people that you mentioned are still doing YouTube, still mm -hmm. crushing the game. Um, but what I found, too, in the I mean, I guess I've I started my YouTube channel in 2011, but I've been doing it full time for four or five years. And what I've learned is when you keep those, you know, they're not just collaborators, but they're friends and right. you just be real with each other. And hey, when your stuff is popping, it's not it's not just you if you look around and you kind of like bring people up with you and you keep those relationships a lot of those people will be be there for you regardless of what's going on and so that's true you know being i, I just want to say shout out yeah. to colleen mm -hmm. um miranda sings i love her so much because there's times like i'm like i don't know what i'm doing because she went through something earlier you know she's gone through something and then i was going through the same thing a little years later and i was there for her she was there for me definitely so I always want to support her. Everybody goes, oh, there's no shows. But buy all her <laughs> merchandise, you know. And yeah. Please continue to uh, subscribe to her. Subscribe to me. Click like. 
cameos. I'm there for you. Cameo. Is you okay. Hello. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Hello. And it's it's been amazing to watch your journey everyone Thank else's you. journey and Thank you. and just so you know there's there's a lot of even if it doesn't seem like it there's a lot of creators that admire you and your uh just your era of creators Thank you. you know Thank i you. mean we seriously. were doing it when people thought we were dumb crazy what are you doing you were doing people it when it wasn't cool when it wasn't cool people understood people on television they understood movies but they did not understand the internet and they just did not get it and now, every, now it's cool. Well, thank you for recognizing that I am an OG. That's right. I'm one of the originals. And uh, yeah, I, I paved the way for you, little girl. Yes. You know? Yes. I love it. Well, Glizelle, thank you so much for being <laughs> thank on you. That Creative Life. Yes. Stories.com. Please check it out. Love yeah. you. Thank you. Amazing. All the links will be in the show notes below. If you guys want to check it out, you can stick around for the end of the show Q&A. Um, I'm actually going to take a few questions about finance, uh, you know, for the for the theme of today's show. Thank you so much all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find me. And until next time, guys, stay beachy and thank you for listening. Okay, it's time for the Sarah Peachy Q&A. Make sure you are subscribed to my YouTube channel with the notification bell turned on to know the next time I'm going to do these live stream calls where you can ask me a question. Q&A time. Okay, here we go for this one. I went to Twitter and asked you, hey, we talked about finances today. Let's get into some of y'all's nitty gritty questions because I'm not an expert, but I have definitely had to do a lot of growing up and adulting in the past few years starting a business, growing a business, hiring people, paying taxes, paying taxes in New York, which is just, you know, a whole thing. So that gets us to our first question. Usually I have you guys actually ask these questions via the YouTube live thing, but I don't know, like, like the Rona times, it's sometimes hard for me to talk to real people because we've become so isolated and I don't see a lot of people anymore. So for some reason, it was just really overwhelming. Uh, it was overwhelming me to think, oh, snap, I'm going to have to talk to people. So <laughs> baby steps. We're starting on Twitter for this Q&A and we'll be back with the normal Q&A uh, next week on That Creative Life. Okay, the first question from at Amrita Bortik. Bortik. How do you plan for taxes as a creative entrepreneur? Do I need to start setting aside money every month and how uh, and how much? How do you figure it out? Okay, fantastic question. And I think this will be the answer to a lot of y'all's questions about taxes. I knew very early on that taxes are going to be the worst and I don't want to spend time on them. So I knew even if I had to pay someone to bookkeep for me, to do my taxes for me, that is going to be so worth it in regards to my time, saving my time. Um, because you have to think, you know, when you pay someone for a task, you're not just paying them for doing said task, you know, doing your taxes for a couple days or maybe, you know, a day, a quarter, keeping things together. But you're also paying them for the peace of mind that it's not on your brain. I don't know about y'all, but when it comes to stuff like this, it rests on my brain and it will affect an entire day. If there's something sitting there, oh my gosh, wait, my quarterly taxes are due you know, next week, I'll just sit there and worry when maybe I don't even know the steps to take uh, to do them. And I mean, honestly, I went so far to 
just have everything taken care for me um you know okay oh maybe it would be safer maybe it would be less expensive if I just did you know the quarterly tax thing by myself or did xyz but it caused so much stress that I'm like okay accountant person you just got to handle this for me please I'll do I'll do whatever and I I talk about delegation all the time on this podcast and creative delegation because that's such that has really been my biggest challenge but I guess I never talk about the delegation that I've been really good at from the get-go and that's bringing on uh you know partners in what I do it's my manager who has helped tremendously I've given up control you know, in that realm of things with talking to sponsors and organizing that realm of my business uh, from honestly the start. And then when it comes to taxes, I've been pretty good with just uh, having an accountant handle it for me. So that might look different for you and your life. Maybe that's just like going to H&R Block. And the biggest thing is never be afraid to ask questions. Never. Like you think that everyone knows what they're doing and everyone has things handled they don't. And if they do, they ask questions. There's no such thing as stupid question. I ask my accountant questions all the time. I ask my financial advisor questions all the time, but I'm also paying them to be retroactive and do things even when I'm not telling them to do things because I hate it. So that didn't answer your specific question. It was almost like a precursor to answering your question. How do you plan? One, you either do the research, do it yourself, or if you are like me, you hire someone to handle it for you, but make sure you're asking them questions and you know what they're doing so you're staying on top of things. And then setting money aside. Yes, this is so important, y'all. If you have a normal job, and all of a sudden I feel like my southern draw is coming out with y'all. I'm yelling all the time. Anyways, if you are a solopreneur, you own your own business, or you're a freelancer, listen, 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 listen. The money in your bank account does not equal the money that you have to spend. I've always been pretty good with just like saving, you know, just like stuffing my acorns in a tree and and never looking at it. Really, my only expenses are ordering food because I hate cooking and gear every now and then. But a lot of that is a business expense. So you can look at it one of two ways. (laughs) You can look at it as everything that you buy. You have to have double the amount of money to buy it because essentially your taxes, just to just for funsies, just say half of your money isn't yours, it's going to the government. Now, I know if you're in like a normal state, the taxes that you're going to be paying are probably more around 30%, uh, but I'm paying around, depending on the year, how good it is, 40 to 45% here in New York with the federal, state, city, and UBT tax, which is just a tax that New York City puts on anyone running a business here. If you make over 80K, uh, they say, hey, give us an extra 4% of your money. So it's a lot for sure. (laughs) There's a huge uh, gatekeeper tax by being here, which I'm fine with right now. I really enjoy New York City, but that puts things in perspective in that, hey, if I want to buy that fancy, I'm in my closet right now. So that fancy sweater, that's $50. Okay. That's not a write-off. So I'm going to say, okay, that's more like $100 because the money I'm bringing in, I'm not keeping 45% of it. So if you start thinking in that way, I think that'll help manage your money. But then on the flip, things that you can write off, like 
for me, it's cameras, it's gear, it's stuff for the office, things that are going directly back to my business. You can actually do the opposite, which might be kind of dangerous if you think this way. Um, but you can think, hey, that $2,000 camera is $1,000 now because it's a tax write-off and it's going to lower my um, taxable income, right? So there's there's two ways to think about it, but at the same time, just save and once if you're new to the freelancer life once you have you know a year of paying taxes and you know you have a good idea then you can that will help you inform your budgeting in the next year um but that's the thing that i didn't know freelancers and if you're self-employed a lot of times you're going to be paying quarterly taxes so you're paying based on your estimates so whatever you made last year you're going to take your estimates from what you paid last year and that's what you're going to pay quarterly in taxes and then by the end of the year hopefully this helps you to where this basically hopefully saves you from okay making money for a year spending money for a year and then being at the end of the year being like oh no I don't have any money left to pay taxes right so if you pay quarterly every three months hopefully it's going to be uh you know not bad at the end of the year maybe you owe like a couple extra couple thousand dollars or whatever but hopefully by the end of the year you're good because you paid with your quarterly estimates like all of your taxes are good taken care of um so quarterly taxes as a freelancer and, and running your own business that has been interesting but i've just been always as much as i love building and i i really do enjoy seeing numbers in my bank account that is only just a a signal to me that I know like things are going okay. So maybe sometimes I'll freak out if that number like goes down by a fourth or goes down like half. Like, oh, wait, am I doing something wrong? Wait, are jobs not coming in? But usually that's a big enough nest egg where I never get nervous. It's just a... It's just a uh, little ticker showing me how well I'm doing things. Like, I'm going to be honest, I could care less if <laughs> if my bank account went to zero tomorrow. I would just keep doing what I'm doing. Like, it's not, I don't know. I don't buy Lambos or anything. Like, maybe I want to buy a New York condo one day. Maybe if they stop being so ridiculous. But that's really my only, like, f big financial aspiration. Um yeah, I really don't care about fancy watches. I just care about the numbers keep going up, being able to hire people and run my business. Wow, I just hijacked that question and ranted for 10 minutes. Okay, I'll go through these a little bit more quicker. Here we go. A question from Ed. Is it still a wise decision at this age for my son, 21 years old, to save up for a deposit for his own home? You know what, Ed? I think it just really depends on where you live, what you're doing. I think it is so stupid to spend your entire net worth on a down payment for a home. I just think that's so silly. But if you do the calculations and, oh, you get more bang for your buck uh, buying instead of renting and you know you can very easily make those payments over the next 20 years and, hey, interest rates are extremely low. I mean, the interest rates, you can borrow money super on the cheap to where when the interest rates are around 3%, that's pretty comparable to uh, inflation. You know, inflation, our, the value of the dollar goes up every two years. So I, during these times, you know, I, I think it's, P there's two things on the spectrum some people love to say pay everything cash like debit cards no credit but during this time have doing things via loans is actually 
it's like it's borrowing free money. So if you have a 20, 30 year mortgage over the span of 30 years, you get a fixed rate. Uh, I mean, that would be huge. Getting a fixed 3% rate means that you're literally, and I know this is like weird to think about and it took me a while to understand this, but that means that the money is essentially free. Yes, you're paying 3% interest, but if you're spreading that out over 30 years, the value of your dollar is going up 2% every year and you're still paying the fixed rate. You're still paying the, uh, you know, say a house is 200K and you spread that out over 30 years with a 3% interest. The value of your dollar going from the day that you bought the house to 30 years in the future, your value of $1 is going to be more when you're paying the same price for your house 30 years in the future. I'm terrible at explaining this. I mean, you guys can go watch like Graham Stephan or whatever. He does such a better job explaining that. But um, the gist of it is, sure, buy the house if if that's your thing, if you're comfortable with that. Just do not go house broke. I think that's so stupid. I really think that's silly Um, because a single-family home, is less of an investment. It's not going to be an income creating asset unless you have a, uh, if, uh, unless you rent out one part of your home to someone like an Airbnb, but that's kind of, that would be weird. It's more of like a, a investment in your future, in your family, being in a good school district, being, uh, you know, having neighbors. That's what I look at a house as, not necessarily like the best investment ever a good worry, non-worrisome investment would just be putting your money in the S&P in a solid index for the next 20 years. And your money's going to grow like what? Did it do like 7% the past 20 years? I mean, and when you just throw your money in the stock market, you don't have to worry about a, a sink that you have to fix or a retaining wall. You know, if your house is sliding down the hill, you have to fit, you know, there's so many things that you have to worry about with a house. I am a person who likes to only worry about my businesses, and that's why I am not worried about buying anything. I just don't feel the pressure. Maybe one day. Sure. But not right now. I don't want to go house broke at NYC. I want to live my life, spread my wings, build my businesses. Okay. Oh, Patrick, look, all of these questions go right together. What a great... I hope I'm making sense. You guys can tweet me to let me know if you need me to explain anything else and I'll probably just refer to like videos um but hopefully what I'm saying leads you to a place that you can google more things Patrick asks why does everyone dunk on renting and thoughts around a more fluid nomadic lifestyle where you're not tied down to any location based on possessions I like to be able to leave oh I like to be able to leave in 30s flat in 30s flat if I feel the heat around the corner. In 30, okay, I don't know if I understand that sense, but I understand the sentiment. Yes, I like to be flexible. I like to not be tied down to one place. That's why, you know, it always interests me to maybe have a place in New York City because I'm obsessed with this place and it'll always be a part of my life, even if I'm living somewhere else. So maybe the idea of paying a down payment with, you know, of course, property taxes and HOAs are always going to be there. Um, 
but if the math makes sense, you know, I might feel less guilty to travel or live somewhere else if I'm paying into an asset or maybe I can rent it out. Um, but I think there's too much shaming. There is too much rent shaming out there, y'all. You know your own circumstances, but hey, I'm a big fan of the life of being able to just go wherever you want. And like a year to year lease is really comfortable for me. Hey, if I want to do something crazy next year, just get out of my lease, I can, you know? And I feel like when you're in your 20s and and maybe the YouTube culture doesn't help with this. You see all these young people buying these huge houses and oh my god they're so cute a couple in their 20s and they're so pretty and they already have a house oh my god that's goals but honestly y'all in your 20s that's when you should just be taking the most risks like building into you in every way you can you don't have kids yet so I think buying a house when you're young feeling that pressure Again, if you have to go house broke to buy a house, don't do it. Build into you. This is the time in your life where you can do whatever you want and you can build into you if you want to build a business. What a perfect time. Full send. And I think renting goes along great with that. Or just, you know, going where the wind blows you, Airbnb. I need a home base. So, you know, I do year to year leases with renting. Maybe some of you guys are different with Airbnbs. Don't worry about it. Do not feel the pressure to buy a house. I Look at those charts. The way house prices have just skyrocketed in terms of productivity and average wages. It's just ridiculous what house prices are now. I don't think it's the best move. I don't. If, but, you know, if you do the Graham Stephan thing, you make it an actual thing where it has income, sure. But I don't have that time worrying about a tenant and stuff, you know? Okay few more questions let's see I'd love to hear oh Charlie what's up Charlie she's been on the pod she's been on that creative life designer youtuber she does all the things I'd love to hear you talk about your relationship with money and how it has changed as your career has progressed such a good question it has it's definitely evolved but at the heart of it it has been the same in meaning that it has only been a means to like live the life I want to live and live it worry-free. When I was in college, you know, you're just kind of a kid and you don't think about things. But when I had the pressure of running out of money from my college scholarship and I, you know, the pressure was creeping up of, oh, wait, okay, I no longer have college scholarship money. And when I was doing that, I was living with my parents, so I wasn't paying rent. So really, I wasn't even thinking about money then. If I had like a babysitting gig or I had a video, like a wedding gig, you know, made a 500 bucks here, a thousand bucks here, maybe had like a thousand, two thousand in my bank account. That was my entire net worth. I was fine. I was fine because I didn't have any worries. I was still on my parents' insurance. Everything's good. But then... I decided I wanted to move to Nashville, get out of Texas. I want to live my life. I want to build a life that's outside of, you know, what I've known for the past 20 years. That got a little scary. I ran out of scholarship money. All of a sudden, you know, I had, I, I've said this before in other podcasts, I was grateful enough to where I had 15K in a college account, which 
sounds like a lot of money, but if you know college, that is not a lot of money for college. And I was fully aware that was what I was working with. And that's why in high school, I was so heads down with work because I was like, oh, that's not going to pay even one year of college. So I better get a scholarship. So with that in mind, I was like, okay, this is going to pay for one semester at Belmont Nashville, and then I'll figure it out later. But something really scary happened when that 15K just got wiped out of that account. And literally, I only had that $1,000 to my name from the babysitting and the occasional photo video work. That got scary. That was weird. So my relationship with money became very real at that point. And I wasn't worried about making money, making it big. It was always about the next step. It was always about, okay, well, paying for rent in Nashville. That's my first step. And then the next step was, man, I want to eat something other than PB&Js and oatmeal. Okay, next step. You know, I got a job with a production company and I was kind of making that work. Okay, well, next step was I got to figure out how I'm going to make this college thing work. Am I going to go into debt for my last year and a half for a computer science degree that I just hate doing? And ultimately, you know, it, it took a minute, but I was like, man, I rather start at zero with no debt, with some skills, some video skills I can build on, rather than go in the hole. Go in the hole, let's see, that would have been, I would have been in debt 75K if I took out loans for Belmont to finish a comp sci degree, which why was I at Belmont, a music school, doing a computer science degree? I don't know. I just wanted to feel the energy of Nashville. It was cool, right? But I'm glad I didn't do that because I would have I would have been living a life where I would just be in the hole. And I, oh, just debt. Debt is not, I'm, I hate debt. Not good. Not good. So, you know, I made that decision. I was like, hey, it's way less scary to start from zero. And, you know, I have three and a half years of when I had the scholarship. And anyways, I'm going down a tangent because, you know, I think debt for things that don't have a lot of value is just evil, is bad. But my relationship with money changed again then in that, okay, I just got to make enough money for rent and for food. And then once I started making a little bit of money in video, the I had very non-glamorous steps. The next step was like, I hate cooking because everyone's like, oh, be he- like be healthier and cook. And I was like, it's so, I hate it. I hate cooking. I hate doing the dishes. So my st- next step was be able to afford like good food, not going through the drive through a Chick-fil-A and getting like a $6 French fry chicken meal, but like good healthy food. And that took a minute, but I got there like, okay, I can buy these $13 salads for lunch. Heck yes, I'm winning. And the next step was affording a New York City apartment because I get so much energy from the city that I live in. And ever since then, honestly, it's kind of stayed. So $13 sweet green salad every day, hashtag blessed. Being able to afford New York City in a city that I get a lot of energy from, where I feel motivated, where I feel creative, check, good. After that, everything else is like, I could care less. Now the money that I make is just the means of doing the next thing. So YouTube, doing things creative, it's a lot of fun for me. I enjoy doing it. I am just so lucky that I get to do it for a job. But now it's like, okay, the money I make here 
is money that I can hire people to take work off my plate and so I can do the next thing. And that's what it's turned into. But in regards to like really my relationship with money stayed where it was the moment that like that first year in New York when I can afford a New York apartment. Maybe it's like, okay, getting incrementally better, like affording cooler apartments. Um, But it's kind of just stayed there. And there's really no like bigger aspiration just to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to always have control of my life and I I never want to boss. And that's my only thing. So if making money and saving money and making sure to have those nest eggs can make sure that I can do that in every phase of my life, then I'm good. And that's what that's what money is to me. It's freedom. So, um, okay. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Glozell, for sharing her story. What a legend. What a legend in the space. Make sure to check her out in the show notes below. Um, Let me know if you guys have any more questions on Twitter. You can tweet at me. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere. Uh, Leave leave a uh, review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this. If you enjoy that creative life. And until next Monday, thank you for tuning in. (laughs) 